like to welcome everybody this morning. We uh, appreciate being in the Lord's house again. Appreciate our kids singing this morning. Uh, we're just thinking uh, how grateful we are that we know the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, we, we enjoy the natural side of it, uh, getting together with our families and uh, visiting, but uh, the true meaning, uh, I'm glad glad it happened uh, just like uh, it says in the Bible you know, the Lord was born in natural natural birth and he lived here and he faced everything we are facing and uh, he never he never sinned or messed up like we do but, uh, and uh, he died on the cross so I could have salvation and uh, he died on the cross so you could have salvation and uh, you know uh, I just appreciate uh, knowing that and feeling that and understanding what this uh, time of year is really about. We're thankful to be here and look forward to having a great service. And uh, that's Brother Sean dismissed Sunday school. We appreciate being in God's house, and, and I was I was thinking along the same line Ryan was. We enjoy we enjoy Christmas and getting together with family and exchanging gifts and all that's that's real great. Not a thing wrong with it. But I was thinking I was thinking maybe last night. Back when I was a 15-year-old boy, I got the greatest gift that anybody could ever get. When I got saved, and I've had I've had a lot of good gifts in my life, and appreciated them every one, but most of them wore out or got got forgot about sooner or later. But what God done down in here when I was a 15-year-old boy, I. I've never forgot that a day. And ever, and when God let me go back to that spot, down in here, it feels just the same, if not better, than it did that day. And uh, so it's it's the greatest it's the greatest gift that ever was, and it never ends. And uh, it pays it pays dividends all your life and then all through eternity our lesson this morning this going this going to be a tough one i think but uh we're in the book of nahum and i've never really studied much in nahum I, i've read it i know but uh first chapter of nahum starts at the first verse and uh it starts out the burden of Nineveh. 
the book of the vision of Nahum the Elkishite and uh, the burden. Now, if a person's got a job to do for God, they better have a burden for it if they're going to do it right. Uh, you can't you can't pray right if you don't have a burden. And the preacher can't preach right if he ain't got a burden. And you gotta have a you gotta you gotta have a desire, a determination to do what God wants you to do. I don't know how else to say that. But you gotta have a burden for it. And uh, uh so uh, Nahum had a burden uh, about Nineveh. Now, Jonah, we had a lesson about Jonah here a while back. And uh, Jonah, after God, after God straightened him out, he went down to Nineveh and preached to them. And he just, just a few little words, he said, yet in 40 days shall Nineveh be overthrown. And there was 120,000 people repented from the king all the way down. And something interesting, I was looking on the internet. I looked up Nineveh on the internet. And uh, it said, in, this is a historical thing, archaeological. And, uh, but it sounded interesting to me. It said in, the archaeologist found a uh, some kind of a tribute thing I don't know what to call it in in the ruins at Nineveh for Jonah and uh, so them people appreciated at the time he done it them people appreciated Jonah coming down there and preaching to them and uh, and I appreciate I appreciate Flavius Ash preaching to me that Sunday morning in 1956 and uh, I probably never will forget that day. I hope, I hope this mind stays clear, but I'll never forget it down here. But anyway, uh, Nahum lived a little over 100 years after Jonah did. I don't know exactly. It's hard to figure because they just... According to what king was king, and they they got records of that stuff, but they ain't got records of the prophet and so on, as far as their life when they when they done what. But uh, it was a it was a hundred and thirty years from the time Jonah went down to Nineveh till the uh, Nineveh was overthrown. So. It, it lasted 130 years after they repented. That's maybe through, what, three or four generations. And they, evidently, evidently they, forgot about, they forgot about God again. But now, it's interesting, and there's a, there's a reason for this. It's interesting that in the days of Jonah, God took pains to get Jonah down to Nineveh. He wanted you to preach to them people. Nahum done his prophesying in Jerusalem. He didn't go to Nineveh. He didn't even send a word down there, and uh, that I know of anyway. But he he was prophesying against Nineveh, more or less about the same. He didn't say the same words, but about the same as as uh, Jonah did. But God didn't send him down there to do it. God knows. God knew when, when, that if he sent Jonah down there, them people would repent. God already knew that. And he knew also that if he, if he sent Nahum down there or anybody else right at this time, they wouldn't listen to him. God, I believe God knows exactly what every one of us are going to do every day of our life. 
And uh, he wants everybody to get saved. I, there are people that say, well, just God's got it already planned out who's going to get saved and who ain't. God don't plan it that way. He already knows it. I believe he knows everything. But God didn't plan it that way. What God planned was whosoever will let him come and take the water of life freely. That's what God planned. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. And that includes from Adam all the way down to the end of time. Whosoever will let him come. And that's, that was God's plan. It wasn't his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That was his will. But also he knew it wasn't going to happen. Because he said to... Uh, Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that go in thereat. But he said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many there be that go that way. Now, I mean, I didn't quote that exactly right, but that, that's the gist of it. There's going to be a lot more people go down than goes up. And God already knew that. So he didn't send Nahum down there. He he done the, he prophesied. Now listen, God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. Now, people might read that and say God's God's a mean God. Not so. Now God, God's got his, his laws laid out and the penalties. In the book of Romans, it said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so God, and, and I done quoted, it wasn't his will that any should perish. He wants everybody to get saved. He sent Jonah down to Nineveh. Now a lot of people, a lot of people tell you, well, back back under the law, they them Gentiles just wasn't nobody. They didn't get in. God so loved the world. It didn't say he so loved Israel. And he did. He loved Israel. But he loved them people in Nineveh too. And he wanted them saved. And them, in Jonah's day, did get saved. But it, that after time went by, they, they kind of forgot about it. There's people, generations that come up later. And if, if they were saved, they wasn't living like it. And uh, so God... If you've been saved, we've been saved. If we if we go off after the devil, and and we have that choice every day. Joshua told the children of Israel, "Choose you this day whom you'll serve." And the people he was talking to were saved people. He said, "Choose you this day whom you'll serve." So we've got that choice to make every day. Uh, God, I didn't know I was going to get into this, but God created Satan for the very job he's doing. Now, a lot of people say, well, he created him as an angel and he fell out of heaven. He never was in heaven. You read back in the Bible, it said, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Now you just read that part, and it sounds like he come right out of heaven. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? He said, Thou, and said, thou exaltest thyself into heaven. In other words, he's trying to put himself there. And uh, the closest to heaven that Satan ever was, was when he was in my soul, before I got saved or in yours that's the closest to heaven he ever was and 
the day that I got saved, the day you got saved, Jesus come in here and bound up Satan and his goods and cast them out into the earth. That's this carcass you're looking at. And he's still going up and down in the earth. That's this fellow right here, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to mess my life up. He wants to mess your life up so that we can't help our people. He wants to mess up Lima Missionary Baptist Church so that we can't get the gospel to nobody. That's, that's Satan's job. It, God created Satan to give us a choice. And uh, sometimes it's hard on us to make the choice. Anybody got anything? But now God, the Bible said if we sin willfully, and there's a couple of different, a couple of different meanings on this, but it said if we sin willfully after we come to the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful looking for a judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary. And uh, so if, now, one, one meaning of that, after we come to the knowledge of the truth, that morning God called me, I, he brought me to the knowledge of the truth. I could have I turned that away. Said, no, I don't want that. And I, I come awful close. But I could have turned that away. And if you turn God away and never get saved, hell's, hell's a lot worse than what this is talking. But by the same token, now you can read down through there on that scripture I was quoting, and I can't, can't quote all of it, but uh, it talks about people that have been saved in that same verse. And uh, if, we, if we go against God, if we sin willfully, and I want to put this in. I've heard people say, well, I made a mistake. Every time I've ever thought about doing a sin, doing something wrong, God was right here letting me know that I, that's, that was a wrong way for me to go. I have never, I have never, since the day I got saved, done, it, done anything wrong that I didn't know about it. I absolutely knew I was wrong. So I, done, I sinned willfully. If I, went, if I went over a better informed judgment which is what you do, then there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Now, God will forgive us. I'm glad he's a forgiving God. If he wasn't, I'd, I'd have been gone a long time ago. He's a forgiving God. But he's also a jealous God. He told them people, I believe maybe it's in the book of Isaiah, or book of Jeremiah, maybe. He said, return unto me, O backsliding Israel, for I'm married unto you. And uh, if your husband or your wife cheating on you, about all of us be real jealous and real mad. And God's the same way. He's a God of mercy. I don't want nobody to misunderstand me. He's got a lot of mercy. And he'll extend that mercy. And he'll give you chance after chance after chance. But God already knows what you're going to do before you do it. He knows, he knows if, if he gives you a chance whether you're going to repent or not. But sooner or later, if, if we keep trying God, he's going to run out of patience. 
and God can do whatever He wants to with me. When I, when I come to the altar, when I was a 15-year-old boy, I gave myself to God. That's the, that was my intention when I stepped out of the seat. I gave myself to God. I gave my life to Him. And if, if, I, try to, if I try to hold back on what I already gave Him, uh, He don't like that. But He's got mercy he, try, he, he does his very best to treat us the very best he can, if we'll let him. Anybody got anything? The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. And if we can be saved by the grace of God, and still be the enemies of the cross of Christ. If if I'm if I go after if I go after Satan and do, do ungodly things, I'm the enemy of the cross of Christ. I'm the enemy of Lima Missionary Baptist Church. I'm bringing a reproach on God and on His church because I'm saying, and and I I say this every Sunday, what. What God done for me in 1956, the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. The very best. And if I get up here and say that getting saved is the best thing ever happened to me, and then I go off after the devil doing ungodly things, I've made myself a liar, and I've brought a reproach on Lima Missionary Baptist Church and on my God. The Bible said, be sure your sins will find you out. And uh, God wants us, what God wants, This I believe this firmly. I believe God wants me to come to church and worship Him right out of my heart because I want to, because I love Him. He don't want me coming to church because he's got the whip over my head. Although he can do that if he needs to. But God wants me to come come out here and worship because I love him. And most of the time, that's why I come. There's a few times I come just because I think it's my, it's my duty. I need to go. And uh, and I think people ought to do that. When you get down low and things ain't going just to suit you, and, and it's a struggle to go to church, struggle through it. I guarantee you, I've come to church a lot of times to be dragging down in the valley, can't pray, and can't, can't get a hold of nothing, and God set me on for We got a good God. He knows what we need. And He'll take care of us. One way or the other. The Lord is slow to anger. Now this is what I'm saying. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath His way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of His feet. How many, uh, if you read history, how many world powers have there been since, since Adam? I, I don't know, really. There's been a lot of them. Nineveh, the Assyrians were one of them. And the Babylonians was one. The Romans was one. And you could go on and on and on. And, and none of them, some of them are not even in existence anymore. And uh, because of sin. And uh, it, it, 
it worries me sometimes for the health of this country. Now, we got, as far as I'm concerned, that's the best country in the world. I'm not speaking against the country, but a lot of us aren't reverencing God like we ought to. And uh, everything's in, in, in all over the world, it's all, everything's okay anymore. There's no such, in most people's lives, there's no such thing as sin. But in the eyes of God, sin still sin. And what he wrote in the Bible is absolute. And uh, there's no changing it. Just because I don't like it, if I've got a if I've got a pet peeve or a pet sin or something that I want to that I want to get into, I can't change God's word. I got to go over top of that. And sin is sin. I don't care who says it ain't. If God said it is, it's sin, and. Uh, and we need to stay out of it. He's, he's slow to anger. He's got plenty of mercy. The Bible over and over and over tells you about God's mercy. And if there's been a few times down through history, and one of them was in the days of Noah, God got tired of the people's sin and destroyed all of them but Noah and his family. Same way with Sodom and Gomorrah. He got tired of what they were into and rained the fire down and destroyed them. Nineveh, he got tired of what they were doing and destroyed them. <clears throat> and, uh, and them were... Some of them, Nineveh was a world power at that time. I said the Assyrians. And uh, they got destroyed. So America, America is probably the number one world power in the world today. But the thing we need to remember, God's got all power. And he can do what he wants to. I'm his. If he wants me, if he wants me in heaven today, I'll be there. And if he wants to straighten me out some way or other, he has the power to do that. He has the power to do whatever he wants with anybody. Anybody got a comment? Who can stand before his indignation and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. Now, what I, what I want, I, I keep going back to this, but I want to stress, God's a God of mercy. And a God, a God that would give his only begotten son for me, that shows you what kind of mercy he's got. But if I, if I spit in the face of God, or spit on the sacrifice that God made at Calvary, he won't hold me guiltless. So we need... I, when I, I, I said this a while ago, when I come to Jesus that Sunday morning, I gave my life to him. Now, have I, lived, have I lived like that every day of my life? No, I haven't. I've been a big failure. But I'll, I'll tell you this, God has never, absolutely never failed me. Even when I was wrong, I love that song they sang, He loved me when I'm 
right and he loves me when I'm wrong. And uh, even when I've been wrong, and that's been a lot of times, God was right here telling me I was wrong, that I belonged to him. And uh, and I love them. Now, back then, that when that when those things happened, I, that didn't uh, that didn't set too well on on this guy here. But looking back at those times now, those are some of the greatest blessings in my life. Because God was telling me I belonged to Him even when I was wrong. And uh, and that's been a lot of times. Anybody got anything? So nobody, no, if 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 God decides to do something, if He decides I need a whooping, and uh, when I was a kid, I got a few of those. But now, mom, mom would give you a little smack now and then, and uh, I didn't mind that too bad. But it, if I'd done something bad enough that she turned it over to Daddy, then I was in trouble. And if he, if he said he was going to give you one, you got it. And it wasn't no fun either. And uh, same way with God. He's told us, be sure your sins will find you out. So if we if we go off after sin and, and don't repent and just keep going and keep going and keep going, sooner or later, it's going to come home to us. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. He's a stronghold in the time of trouble. There's a scripture I love in the book of Psalms, and I don't I don't know exactly which chapter it is, but uh, it said, When my heart is is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And it how many times now, how many times have you, since you've been saved, had to, had to go to that rock, say, Lord, I need some help? If, when, I got, when I got saved or when you got saved, Jesus moved in here. The Holy Spirit moved in here. God himself moved in here. The, the Godhead is on the throne right in here. They can't, you can't find it with an x-ray, but he's there. I guarantee you, uh, I've, been, I've been saved since I was 15 years old. And uh, that's a long time as, as time goes here in this life. But... God's been right here. And he's never, he's never let me down. I've let him down. I, I use, I'll use teaching Sunday school for an example. I get up here sometimes and, and talk for an hour, or almost an hour, and uh seem like ain't much in it. I, that's my opinion, and uh, and that's my fault because God said He'd give us everything we needed. Only thing is, I need to get my heart humble where He can give it to me. If if I'm thinking, and I don't, God forbid that I would do this, but if I'd ever think. I know enough to teach this lesson. Uh, I've already failed. I had a lesson one time, real, real easy lesson. 
Uh, well, there's the 23rd Psalm. Everybody knows that one. And I, when I, I read it at home, and God blessed me, and I thought then I, we're going to have a good Sunday school lesson. I got I got to Sunday school and got up and didn't have nothing. I just stammered around and didn't get nowhere. Uh, so it, the power and the and the teaching, if there's any done, comes from God. And uh, we need to remember that. Me too. Yeah. About every time he testified, he, he testified about being on the rock. It's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And the Bible, the Bible said, man born a woman's few days and full of trouble. So we need the Lord every day. I've never went through a day that I didn't need God for some reason. And uh, and we never will either till we get we get to heaven. Uh, the Lord is good, a stronghold in day of trouble, but with an overrunning flood, He will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue His enemies. And uh, I read in the. Uh, in the commentary on this Sunday school lesson that about the time that Nineveh was destroyed that there was a flood there and I, I don't know that this is what this is talking about but the, the Tigris River goes down one side of it and then there's another tributary that went through Nineveh and they flooded and it, it washed out part of the wall to the city and uh, that that helped the enemies get in on them. I don't know that that's true or not, but that's what that guy said. But regardless of how God done what he done, he done it. And what he's done, what he's done to Nineveh or to Babylon or to whoever else, he can do to me. I've got to, when I come to God, I come giving him my life. I dedicated myself to him, and uh, I've, I've been over and over that. So we need to be very careful. Thus saith the Lord, though they be quiet and likewise many, yet thus shall they be cut down. And when he shall pass through, when he shall pass through, though I have afflicted thee, I will afflict thee no more. And uh, God, at one time, the uh, Assyrians carried come to Jerusalem and they they took the king and the Bible I think it was Manasseh I'm not sure but they took the king and the Bible said they put him in chains and led him back to Nineveh with a hook in his nose and that that'd be awful but now he the Bible said that while he was there, he got right with God. That, that's not the wording of it, but he, he got right with God. And he got to come home. And then he, he started changing things. He'd been an evil king before that. But he changed completely. And he was doing away with all the bad stuff that he'd been letting, get, letting them get by with. And uh, so, if if we want 
A lot of times we bring afflictions on ourselves by the way we live. A lot of people don't believe that, but that's that's but that's in the book. For now will I break his yoke from off thee, and will burst his bonds in sunder. And uh, God, God broke the yoke of Satan off of my soul. Certainly, when I got saved, he he was cast out of there. Can't get back in. The Bible said we were sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise till the day of redemption. That's our soul. But he, he's going up and down in the earth, and he's, he's throwing every temptation he can at us while we live here. And one of the biggest ones he's got, in my opinion, I'm, I'm talking about me now, it is being lazy when it comes to doing God's work. If we're not careful, we we are set. Like Vic used to talk about, a little sleep and a little slumber, so cometh thy poverty. And if if we wanna if we wanna have poverty in in God's work in God's kingdom, just sit down on Him for a while. Don't. Be lazy. If you got a job to do, forget about it. Let some say, let somebody else do it. Uh, fold your arms and just sit back and 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 listen. Don't do nothing. Don't do your job. If there's joy, and I love this scripture, talks about the joy unspeakable, full of glory. There's, there's no more joy for somebody that's been saved than to follow God and do what He tells you to. If you can do it right out of your heart, He'll bless you. He'll fill your cup up and run it over. Uh, and that's experience. I'm, I couldn't tell you the times that I've been by, right by myself, and God run my cup over. But He knowed what I needed, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't claim to be any better than anybody else. Not at all. So if He'll do it for me, He'll do it for everybody else too that's been saved. If 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 they look in the right direction. But once in a while in my life, I've, I've looked the right direction and he's filled it up. And I wish, I wish that was every day, but it, don't, it ain't like that. Siegel, Siegel said that one time that if he, could, if he could stay in the spirit all the time, you couldn't get him out of the stand. And Siegel was a good preacher. But he said if, if, he, if he was in the spirit all the time, you couldn't get him out of the stand. And because he loved to preach when he was in it right. And I believe, I believe all the preachers do. When they, when they get in it, when God's directing it, they love it. And the church does too. But behold upon the mountains the feet of him that bringeth good tidings that publisheth peace, O Judah. Keep thy solemn feast, perform thy vows, for the wicked shall no more pass through thee. He is utterly cut off. So God, God removed the people that were bothering them right at that time. And uh, there's a scripture, and I got it wrote down here somewhere, talks about how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of them that bring good tidings and, and preach the gospel of peace. And there's, there's nothing like, and I, I mentioned this just a week or two ago, there's nothing like the peace that God put down in my soul the day I got saved. In, t in trouble, I got peace down on the inside.
And even, even there's been times, there have been times that things have been going on that was really bad trouble. And I had joy down in here because the Lord knowed I needed help. And uh, if we're trying, if we, uh, if we're, he's talking about in here some of it, uh, vengeance and different things. Uh, God don't like to do those things, but he will if he has to. What God likes to do in the book of Malachi, he said, uh, try me and see if I won't open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not be able to contain. Now, I may not have quoted that word for word, but uh, he's, got, he's got a storehouse full, and he wants us to have it if we are trying. He said, where two or three come together in my name, there am I in the midst. Already there if we come in his name. And if, if we come just to have a social meeting, why, he might stay where he's at. But if we come in the name of the Lord, he, he's got here before we did. And he's got it already ready. And, and he's going to open the windows of heaven. Me and my wife was talking this morning. She said uh, she hoped somebody got saved this morning. I ain't going to call her on name, but uh, I said, boy, I sure do too. And whether that happens or not, I hope somebody gets saved. That's all I got.